Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 22, A Future Led by History. Get ready to be educated as a media consultant, community developer, and history buff, Adrell Bullock, shares his passion for uplifting communities using history as a medium to help guide and lead those in despair. Being an entrepreneur, Adrell has encountered many challenging situations that has taught him how to make his struggle beautiful. Without further delay, I am honored to introduce to you Adrell Bullock. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lead Up. Before me, I have wonderful, great human being, Andre Bullock. He is a marketing specialist, a history buff slash major. This guy is uh, brilliant and a genius. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you, you're from, from Chicago. You've been uh, in, in California now five years you moved out in 2014 yeah um i'm from chicago uh moved here exactly february 5th 2014 um i'm from chicago but originally my family is from mississippi and um i have to i have to always say that because um it's important that um we identify our origin and i have a lot of my elders that are still there Mm -hmm. how now what since you've been here, well, first let me ask, how do you like Cali? Oh, I love Cali, man. Yeah. Um, I always felt like my spirit was here. Okay. Like, um, but like many people, I had a misunderstanding of the land. So I think one thing our people should, um, when we're traveling, I think it's we should be very mindful of the natives that are there first. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, it's important that we understand that whatever our native people here, their customs, the traditions and understanding, you know, so you can treat the land with respect. Many times when folks travel, they say, oh, it's not like Chicago, it's not like New York, or it's not like D.C. Of course, it's right. Cali. Right, right. <laughs> That's why you're here. Yeah. So what, um, what, what are some of the, uh, or what is the defining difference between California and Chicago, in your opinion? It's an international melting pot, and it's a vegetated desert. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so many different. The region, the terrain okay, is so vast and, and allows, um, you can see why so many different people wanted to settle here. Um, with Chicago, you can see why a lot of people wanted to settle in Chicago as well, because it was a port city and central when it came to trade. And so when I look at both of them cities, um, many people from Mississippi, when they migrated, a lot of the black folks, when they migrated, they even went to Chicago, went north, either into the factories, and sometimes some of them went west, out here in California. That's not really commonly like known amongst our uh, like people from Chicago, like that Mississippians actually travel west and, and settle right. in California. Right. And so like that that actually intrigued me. Like, what what would make a native from Mississippi like come to California? You mm. know, obviously it's the opportunity. Yeah, you know, um, but um, California is a, is it, it, it always was a place that I felt um, the laws the the laws were flexible or or I want to be careful with liberal, but the laws were flexible. Had a little enough. more leniency. More leniency okay. where you can build. Right. Absolutely. Now you you spend a lot of time um, 
example, you have a passion in community development and, mm -hmm. and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, what ignited that that passion in you to like really hone in and focus on that, on those aspects, community development and and marketing? Community development, um, you know, and it's it's crazy because my mother recently told me, she said, my mother had me really young when I was 16, when she was 16. And she said, for the first time I found it, she, she told me, she said, my intentions when you, when you were in the womb was that you would speak out for people, that you would speak out for civil rights because she felt she was a person and if you know her, you would think that she's, she's a very outspoken person. You would never think that she had a problem speaking. And um, since I've been six, man, I, went, I graduated from James Weldon Johnson Elementary on the west side of Chicago with Fred Hampton Jr. You know, made his, made his, his name, mm -hmm. you know, from the Black Panther Party. So my mother was born in 1968. And, um, you know, that's the year of the protest. You know, King visited my neighborhood in 1966, North Londale, and he visited my people uh, laying down in uh, Marks, Mississippi in 1968 for the Poor People's Campaign, and they, you know, before he was assassinated. So I know my history. Like I said, I was born, and um, I graduated from James Weldon Johnson. You know, that's the, you know, the Black National Anthem. Yes. You know, um, and I think it's I think it's important, and I want to definitely salute Miss Maddie B. Tyson, who's our principal. She was the first woman I you know I had ever seen you know wear like an African hairdress headdress you know. Mm -hmm. So I saw her in the school, and then I saw Queen Latifah wearing the same hairdress, speaking about unity. Yeah. So at that the, the programming at the time when I was coming up, you know, Public Enemy and. You know, it was very, I was very engaged by that. So I grew up with a picture of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King on my wall mm -hmm. as a kid. You know, portraits of them. So my 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 knowing my history uh, made me very passionate about my people, and it made me respect my elders. It made me uh, show a certain level of respect for my ancestors. So I never wanted that to go in vain. I knew I knew what the type of energy that was put forth sure. for me to be here. So um, I want to continue to uh, to do my fulfill my purpose man yeah and what about the marketing aspect the marketing aspect um i'm naturally a creative mm -hmm. um i actually submitted to an advertising agency in chicago and i submitted an art portfolio not really understanding like the, the, <laughs> the, the like the intricacies of like media and i was awarded an, an internship and it had that's when i learned about media and it took me in a whole nother um, around, you know, um, I started to learn about the different intricacies of, of, of marketing and media and media planning and media buying and things of that nature. And I knew that there was a whole nother like layer to advertising, you know, cause most people just think of the spot. They just think of the creative ad. Like there's a whole machine behind the programming of brands and creatives. Yeah. And, um, the agency is full of young people. Okay. Very intelligent young people, out of the box, not really linear thinkers, and you know it's a it's a great place for 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 some of those um, younger folks who want you know non traditional type of um, work work environment. So it's it's very attractive. But you but what most young young people don't understand is a lot of the bureaucracy behind it, a lot of the um, the intentions behind it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I know is, you know, I've, I've studied from history. The one thing military does is they cut your communication yeah, and they'll cut your food source. So, you know, and I, I studied too, that one thing that got Marcus Garvey in trouble was his, um, his newspaper mm -hmm. and the ability to be able to assemble 5 million people. Right. right. So media, you're like, you're, you're, you know, even yourself, brother, like you have a certain responsibility and because of a certain power behind this mic. Right. And, um, you know, knowing that, I know that we can, the same tool that we use to market people mm -hmm. and program and we can use them to, we can use that same tool to do, to do something right, just to do something good behind it. So. So now you, you had mentioned earlier that the era and 
I guess, demographic that you mm-hmm. kind of grew up in. Mm-hmm. At an early age, you learned how to make crack. Yeah. Right? How, how old were you when, when you discovered? I've seen it, and I was around so many drugs, man. And I'm not saying, like, you know, from my, my family, because my family did their best to, like, shield me from certain things. But, like, on our, on our block, man, I live in the area of North Lawndale, uh, it's also known Douglas Park. Um, it's the largest park mm-hmm. in Chicago. Um, we actually made a bid to have the Obama Museum, or the Obama Library there. Um, growing up there, man, it was a lot of a lot of drugs. And if you if you ever look to some of the documentaries on the community, that's where the conservative vice lords were mm-hmm. were founded there in that area. And um, I've seen so many different drugs, some drugs that people might not even like, they're like, what is what is that? Like leaf water. Like anybody who knows what, like in the street, who really come from the street, like right, right. when I'm talking about water, like, you know, and we're talking about hypes. So what, what, what age did you have this exposure? About, about seven, I mean, about six years old. I was, I was self-sufficient. I was able to stay, I was staying by myself. Okay. Like my mother had taught me like, you know, like don't tell anyone you're staying at home by yourself because obviously people will stick you up. They'll know yeah. they can overpower you, right? So having that type of, that exposure at, mm. at that early in life, mm. what prevented you from actually making it and selling it mm. and or becoming a user yourself? I had seen all the effects. Like, um, I was very wise as a kid, man. I was like, you know, a lot of people would say, like, yeah, you, I feel like you've been here before. Mm-hmm. And um, I had seen people rise. I seen the drug dealer be the guy, and everyone's like, you know, I was always a fly on the wall, and I seen too much very early. So okay. I'll see the drug dealer really rise, him be a dirty kid, not be anything. Then all of a sudden, he, he one, the next summer, he's got like new clothes, new everything, and now he's getting girls that he normally wouldn't even be able right. like, to get. Right after that, I see this guy either go to jail or I see him get killed. Mm. I'm like, yo, his life expectancy like is not good. And what I'm also seeing is what people are saying behind his back okay. when he walks away. Like how they want to do stuff to him, but I'm I'm watching them smile in his face. Yeah. So immediately I knew like it's a lot of deceit and trickery right, amongst yeah. people, and these are people that look like normal everyday people. Yes. Go to church, whatever, mm-hmm. and they come in different forms, and I that's when I realized then as a very young kid, just just by observing adults. Right. That I knew that adults were liars. <laughs> It's like true. I learned early yeah. that adults lie, like to make themselves look better, and and it was what I end up learning now in my lessons is it's all just due to fear and yeah. insecurity. Right. You're scared of somebody really find out your insecurity and taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. So. And, and also around that same, well, not around that same time, a little bit later, mm-hmm. so six, seven, moving up to twelve years old, you had a situation with the police. And they hemmed you and some friends up. Yeah, man. Had you lay out. Now, in that, you know, that at at an early age like that, that creates trauma. Yeah. Right? But uh, you, based on what what you expressed to me, is Mm -hmm. internally you kind of fought or resisted the emotional impact Mm -hmm. um, using the hypermasculinity. Right. Mm-hmm. Because. And I noticed, too, in that time, you know, early on, you couldn't be perceived as weak mm-hmm. on, the, on the streets. You couldn't cry. Right. You couldn't show emotion. You had to be the tough guy. Right. How has the, the hyper masculinity impacted your life positively or, and or negatively? Well, I had to understand, like, you know, um, I was being put in a certain environment to respond. And um, a lot of that stuff develops when you have a lack of an alpha male in the household. You're literally guessing what a male looks like, what a male does. You're trying to find certain males 
you know, to identify, to, to identify with. with and follow their positive examples. Um, one thing I knew what I learned as a kid was to learn my social security number because I couldn't get an ID. Mm. So when, you know, you don't get an ID and usually until you're like yeah. 18 or whatever, right? So young black males, I knew my mother had taught me to learn my social security number because that's how I can be identified. Okay. So this lady, man, she pulls out like her name. She was white detective. These are detectives, by the way. They're in Crown Vicks. They pull out one summer at about 1 p.m. I was on my way to a barber shop called Davier's on the west side. Okay, I remember like it was yesterday. My buddy was going to an orientation at the high school across in our neighborhood high school called Collins, which is where my mother and father, that's their alma mater where they graduated from in 86. Mm-hmm. Cops come everywhere, brother. They coming from all different directions across the park. We talking like three, four crown vigs. You know, then some blue and whites, they all together. And they swarm out and they like, everybody get on the ground. Like, and she pull and she pull out. And I say, and she, because she's the, I forget her name, um, white woman detective, blonde hair, want to say Mary something. And we know him by name. Mm-hmm. By now we know him by name because they're always in our neighborhood. Right. And she had a she had our whole squad out there. Yeah. And all I could see, I'm looking down the barrel of her gun from probably like 20 feet. And there's mm-hmm. other cops there, like everybody get on the ground. So she made, they made everybody get, come in front of the Crown Vic and put their hands on the hood. The hood is super hot, man. They're like, get on y'all knees and put y'all hands on the hood. So they, they're taking us one by one and they're getting reconnaissance, like this recon, like, right. what's your name? You know, have you ever been locked up? You know, um, give us your ID and all this other good stuff. And I'm like, man, we don't have an ID. We we 12, you know, like we 13, mm-hmm. 12 years old. And she said, he said, well, what's your social? They were asking that question. And she asked me, and this one I did see the human side of it. She said, why are you the youngest one down here? You're the only one who know your social. I said, I don't have anything to hide. At the end of the day, like, I saw my, my buddy, my buddy, um, his mom came and got us off the ground, man. You know, and was but she left her other two sons out there, and the reason why is because they was in the game. Yeah, she knew they was gonna she, get caught she, up. She anyway. knew it was in the game, so it was like that's that's honesty in our neighborhood too. Like our our people be knowing who doing what, you know. And there's a lot of elders that be trying to keep us uh, keep the good from the bad sometimes, you know. And it's it's changed it's changed me, man, because it allows me not to respond. It, it allows me, and I learned the hypermasculinity. Yeah, it learned it, like you start to develop this defense mechanism because someone's constantly picking on you, mm-hmm. and you, if you don't have an older male to kind of give you a guidance on how to deal with your emotion, you start to learn. I learned how to respond based off like the women in my family. Yeah, like they respond the way they responding. Because they're trying to defend themselves. So you think like that works. So I see when, when I see my mom get enraged and do certain things, like people back up off her. So now I'm thinking that that's a that's a, a energy I can use too to keep people up right. off me and to use violence if I'm attacked. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I I wasn't a I wasn't a, I wasn't a big dude like that. And people always try to identify like, yo, you're smaller. They right. go around trying to identify it, but now I understand it's just a, it's just an insecurity of yeah. theirs, right? And it, they, they they think it's an insecurity of yours, correct? You know, so um, meditating and having a better understanding of that man allowed me to identify at first that I was behaving with this hypermasculine behavior, which is, it's it's that's the that's by design. It's designed mm-hmm. to do that. You know, even that word itself. How did you develop um, and, and kind of build up your emotional and mental stability, uh, even though your history and your background is as such? That's still an ongoing thing, man. And um, yeah, you know, but I, what was your 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 basis or the starting point? Because so many people mm-hmm. that have that kind of background, that have those mm-hmm. types of experiences, they're not able to pull away from it inwardly in their mind in their in their emotion and they carry that baggage mm-hmm. through life mm-hmm. even at an old age mm-hmm. 
but you've managed to even though i'm yes you're you're still working on it but mm-hmm. you've managed to kind of sidestep seemingly sidestep some of those issues not saying that they're not there mm-hmm. but they haven't become a focal point or a, a um a obstacle mm-hmm. if you will so what was your uh, your steps or what what did you do how did you navigate all of that or how are you navigating that yeah um i've always been a big like dreamer and um it's fine. I'm a Pisces, man. So like I, I say that because there's a lot of Pisces artists that I love, like Nina Simone. And she said an artist should reflect, you know, mm-hmm. they reflect the time. Well, you know, like Common has the artist, you know, the, the album, the dreamer and the believer, you know. Um so um I'm sorry, I drew a blank, man. You, you asked me uh how how did you main how did you uh, sidestep or break through mm. the emo- the negative emotion and the negative mindset and mentality to get to where you are now. Like, what steps did you take? Did you did you change your surroundings? Did you read? Did you listen to motivational stuff? Like. What tools did you use mm. to so that that the trauma mm. in your past or in your history was not an obstacle? I use history. I use the history of like my ancestors. I use the history of my elders. And uh, case in point, like Malcolm X was so inspiring to me because I saw him like he talked about his failure and he talked about his redemption. And that that to me that lets me know that as long as you have breath which its root word is spiritus, which means to breathe. As long as you have breath, that's your spirit. You can fulfill your purpose. Your objective is to understand like what's your instruction. So every day I sit with myself, I have to sit by myself and I have to ask my higher self because I, I, know, I know now that I'm responsible for myself. And you know, I apologize and I forgive myself um, because I wasn't operating in my higher self, man. And um, that's some elders that helped me get through it. Speaking with my elders always helped me get a, or like a moral compass for me. Um, I definitely want to give um, a shout out to one of the elders now. Um, I want to be careful with her name, Miss Iyala. And um, she has an app called the Awakenings app. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, really, it's really great because, man, I think it's probably one of the best investments I've made probably about all the five bucks a month, you can get this app and it's three lessons that, you know, it's called the Awakenings app. And um, I listen to it every day. Um, it's really helped with my spiritual journey. You know, um, you don't need a spiritual leader. You can, it's good, it's cool to have a spiritual coach. Mm-hmm. A coach is cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. A coach ain't yeah. trying, a coach just shouldn't give you a set of directions that you can Correct. particularly follow, you know what I mean? And I can relate to that because I was a three sport athlete. So I've always related to to coaches, so um, the awakening app has been great for me, man. Uh, one of my elders, brother named Joe Green, um, peace to Mr. Green. Um, was actually one of the first brothers to interview Barack Obama in Chicago. He was a uh, director of the Peace Corps at one point in time in Swaziland, and um, we're both from the same alma mater. So respect to um, Wayland Academy, the boarding school I went to in Beaverdam, and uh, also um, Lawrence University. He's, um, um, he's a, that's, we share the same alma mater. I mentioned him because when I was really, really lost, man, I came back from Standing Rock. Um, it was at a protest there and um, helping with a lot of the natives there, um, you know, of the Lakota Nation. Um, my, I had no peace in the mind, man, no peace. And when you don't have any peace in the mind, I can imagine. That's like you. It's a. It's so that's it's a misunderstanding. And that's what I'm. I'm yeah. trying to. You know, just for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing devil's advocate a yeah. little bit. Process. Right. Know, to get to that, and then secondly, like why history? Yeah. He, why? Why? Why did mm. you decide to use history mm. to help get that piece back? To help change your mindset and your emotional disposition. 
And, you know, the way I tell stories is, is much like elders, right? So I've been around so many elders, and they're like, where is he going, man? He's all over the place. And I, I spent a lot of time with my elders. And when, one thing I noticed, they'll repeat themselves. They're repeating themselves because they know you didn't get it the first time. The history, you have to study it over and over and over and over. It's hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. It's right in your face. And you... So many times when we don't want to sit with ourselves and look at the history, I had to sit with a certain lesson I learned from the Tao, from Lao Tzu. You know, peace to the Wu-Dang Mountains. I learned a lot of different discipline. What I've started to learn is a lot of young black males don't have a level of discipline. Yes. They can't sit with themselves and develop their peace in the mind. And many times it's because they have disruption at home. I spent many of my times trying to please my mother. So what end up happening is I spend a lot of my time trying to please other women. I can't please my mother or please other women. They have to please themselves. I only can amplify their pleasure. That's it. Right. So now that allows me to have peace in my mind because I'm not shooting at a shooting target. I'm not running towards a shooting target. Uh, I mean, uh, not a shooting target. A moving target. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother. A moving target. So I can have more peace. But then there's still certain exercises I have to do, which is breathing. Many times when we get frustrated, we cut off our oxygen immediately and stop breathing. Create stress. Create stress. No oxygen to the brain. You can't even think, man. And your first brain is in your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you send that, you send that signal. You know, the whole chakras is right there. Yeah. Like it, 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 your seven chakras come right. through there. You know, your heart, your heart chakra is an important chakra. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I, I, I have more understanding of what's happening in my body. I don't like the stress on my body anymore. I know what it does to my organs. Right. When I'm unhealthy, which means I'm, if I'm unstressed, I'm unhealthy. So um, I studied, um, like I said, Mr. Yana was a great uh, tool, the Awakenings app. Um, Lao Tzu, mm-hmm. um, which is the, um, the Tao Te Ching. Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer actually does um, change your thoughts. Uh, what is it? Change your thoughts, change your mind. Yeah, and I've it's an analysis that. of using the, the Tao Te Ching, and he's given his analysis along the way. And my mentor Joe Green actually recommended it to me after coming from Standard Rock, mm-hmm. and um, it really changed. I started to really understand the power of manifestation and creation, even the word, the etymology of a word. Yes, I started to study the etymology of words, and I think all our youth should have Latin to English dictionaries. Yeah, it's like when you were telling me about the word genius. Yeah, uh, the word genius. To return to self. To your return to your, and, your really inner self, right. like, which is your higher self. So if I ask my higher self, you know, and, and ask for them set of instructions, I can follow my genius. Mm-hmm. And I am means God. Right. So, so which means the, that God the, genius, the genius yeah. we use today that refers to aptitude and intelligence is really not it. That's, That's not it. That's <laughs> right. not it. We, we're, we're talking IQ. Yeah. You know, yeah. IQ versus higher self. And someone who's willing to follow their higher self no matter what someone says because they know that every day that the higher power raised them up to follow a set of instructions. Mm-hmm. And that's what powers them. You right. cannot deviate them from that from that journey, man. Yeah. Adriel, yeah. what, what mm. would you say is the, from your, your perspective, what mm. is the correlation between history and marketing? Or is there a correlation? That's a huge correlation. What is um, it? The data, the historical information. Like no great marketer goes into a situation or looks to plan without researching historical facts first. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't plan in the market not knowing what its consumers doing, not knowing something that may work in Chicago is not going to work in LA. Correct. You have to know the people. What's what's their affinities? Mm-hmm. My greatest gift that the higher power gave me is my emotional intelligence, my level of empathy. Some men may say that's soft, but I can look at them and, and by being, being emotionally intelligent, I can start to understand why they would even say that because they're dealing with certain things. So I give a lot of empathy towards people because of my emotional intelligence and people who have emotional intelligence are great marketers. Yes, very true. And they... And having that data mm-hmm. enables you to strengthen data. the emotional intelligence. Yeah. Because now you understand people, their behaviors, and the why. Yeah, the emotional intelligence is really just your hypothesis. <clears throat> it's just saying I have a really good gut feeling based off my engagement with different people mm-hmm. that 
if I develop this hypothesis, now I can go find some different trial sets. Very, right. This is science to marketing to, 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 to come to a certain solution, you know. And so do you, so you just mentioned empathy, which is a mm. great segue because you received an award in, in college. Mm. Um, yeah, high heart, school. The, mm. High school, I'm sorry. Mm. The Heart, heart was the Wise Heart. Why, wise Heart Award. Yeah. And that award was given to... It's given to... Um, is it one person a year? It's one person per, a year. Per year. year. Mm. And in order to uh, receive that award, you mm. had to exercise or exhibit a high level of empathy empathy yes. leadership leadership mm -hmm. wisdom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. congrats on that too because i appreciate it i didn't have that in high school <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have empathy <laughs> i don't know if my wisdom was all the way there yeah. you know and that requires a great amount of focus and yeah. insight so yeah that's huge does. at that age it does um i have to thank my eldest man because you know um Many of my elders, you know, from Mississippi, they may not have formal education, but it's because, you know, they had to either choose working in the fields. You know, we're talking like a couple hundred pounds of cotton. They picking a day, 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're talking in the 50s now. Mm -hmm. My grandmother and them doing this. And um, they, you go down there and you return to Mississippi and people immediately try to tell you how dumbed down it is. And they try to tell you that being country is dumb. Country is a culture, right? But one thing, the reason why I mention it is because some of the brightest, some of the man, man, some of the brightest people that I know are in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Is it certain things you learn through experience? Like you cannot experience is the greatest teacher. Knowledge is attained through experiences. John Locke stated that, right? Which he ended up getting from command, but that's another yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, is there is a lot to learn. We need a lot of skilled people now. There's tons of skilled workers in Mississippi. That's not the work that's there. It's not jobs aren't there. You have right. to create them and bring them there. And um, you know, I'm saying that because the elders gave me so much knowledge, man, and a way to apply it. And that's when I that's how I developed my wisdom. My empathy really came. You know, my mother always said, your father's a very empathetic person. And that was part of his downfall. And So it's encoded in your DNA. It's encoded in my DNA. You know, like my great, my great, great grandfather, my great, great grandfather, Hub, you know, he got some land down in Mississippi, about 80 acres. And he farmed it. And his whole thing was to farm it for his people. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I, I was having these strong visions about, you know, my great grandfather and I wanted to see a picture of him. And when I saw a picture of him, like he looked exactly like my other, like my great grandfather, his son, I, who I met. Mm -hmm. And knowing that history, man, you know, I have a certain affinity to my people and I have a certain level of empathy, even if they may say negative things to me or they may tell me to forget about my ancestors, which one of my relatives told me to do. I won't say which one, but they yeah, told me yeah. it, it was out of hurt because they saying like, forget about it. Like, just let's keep moving mm -hmm. forward, which is, which is right. Do we, does history or can history make people more empathetic? Absolutely. Absolutely. It made people empathetic, man, because me understanding like my family history made me empathetic, you know, cause many times I've saw like, I've seen relatives be mad at one another and hurt people hurt people man yeah you know it's passed down so like i had to learn by me learning my own family history it made me to have empathy for my own mother for mm -hmm. me to have empathy and it you know i try to share that same story with her so she can have empathy for her mother because if she only knew what her mother went through you know just like how granny had to like hide on the side of the road with men yeah. was driving down, smacking on her butt, you know, like white men, you know, while she walking from one side of the road to the other, and she had to learn how to hide in the bushes when you hear trucks. Sounds, yeah. Or Laura Robinson, who used to come into her, you know, on her brothers and sisters, because uh, back then she said they didn't have doors on the front of their houses. You know, they were real poor. Mm -hmm. And uh, this man would come in there calling them N-words. Where y'all, you know, where y'all, you know, where y'all at? 
where y'all N words at, you know, and her and her sisters used to have to hide underneath the floor, man. Mm. You know, so like that's these men have relatives, they have descendants who carry this stuff on for it's a culture. It's a culture right. of these people. I don't wanna say I don't wanna I don't say white people no more. I say white culture. I got a problem with white supremacy and white culture. Yeah. The system Not white of people. It. Right. And I understand that a lot of white people don't have a problem with just black people, they got a problem with our culture. Mm-hmm. You you frightened by our culture, right? You know, so um, the history allows you to have better understanding, and it's actually a prerequisite for law. You know, yeah, like it is. You know, you're going into like law. Many many people who study law study history and philosophy, right? You know, and um, I think for the youth, and I want that, if I can go away with one message for the youth is to be very careful with these protests. I want them to be very careful with these protests, especially with the alpha black males who are out there. Do not go out there protesting during these elections. Mm-hmm. You are being pegged. Right. It's almost when, like they're being set up. You are being set up. Look at all, study the history. Every mm-hmm. black male that went out there on the forefront protesting, he gets pegged and gets assassinated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Am I telling you to retreat? No, I'm telling you to use logic and reason. Thurgood Marshall, who was a jurist and a Supreme Court Justice, okay, our first one, assembled a legal body that ended up doing more for our people in this land. And some folks may say, well, Brown versus Board of Education wasn't good or certain things they put in power wasn't good. But it changed its Put us, it allowed us to have alternatives. It right. allowed us to have some autonomy. Right. And it done, it did it legally. Yes. And it would have kept going on. Lynchings and certain things would have kept going on mm-hmm. if he didn't legally move that, that separation. That separation, you know, yeah. like for sure. So, you know, let's look at the history and see what's have really been effective for us. Mm-hmm. And legal, we have to stick close to the legal. We can fight in the courts. We don't need to fight in the streets. Totally agree. You mentioned earlier about beginning, you know, you were able to get your peace. Mm-hmm. So how how does a person attain peace if they've never had it? They've Be never honest seen with yourself. It. You, whatever you, you are the creator. Right. I wake up and create this. I, if I create conflict for myself, that's because I created it. You are the creator. You have to have some responsibility. The day I became honest with myself, I started to succeed. I wrote that on my wall when I was 26 years old. And I had to be honest with myself. You know, I was going through a state of depression. I had to call Alcohol Anonymous and I called them because, you know, I wasn't suicidal or anything, but I was in such a state of depression. I knew that I didn't want to allow my ego to be the death of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you normally see like a lot of the ancients, you'll see the man sitting meditating. He has a serpent over his head. Yes. That symbolism is we all have ego. And when you feed the serpent too much, he'll consume you, he'll mm-hmm. eat himself. So I had to make sure not to feed. And the serpent is, comes off as this negative thing now. So that's a great great point because mm-hmm. you, you be honest with yourself and get rid of the ego or turn, turn down the ego. Understanding but, when it's the ego versus- Correct, yeah. but that requires a certain level of understanding, yes. wisdom. I'm speaking on the people mm-hmm. who don't even recognize that the ego exists within right. them. They don't, uh, they don't recognize that they don't have peace. Right. So how does a person find the true peace? Because now they're in a state of disillusion, maybe. Or mm-hmm. maybe they just, this is all they've seen. This has been their walk, their life. So there is no... no con- the only way we can... I, this is just my opinion. Yeah. The only way I think people in general can understand where they're at is you have to have a contrast, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't know what cold is until you experience hot. If True. you if you always have cold, <clears throat> excuse me, if 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 all you felt is cold, you don't know hot. Right. You can't describe it. You right. can't identify it. Right. So if a person only knows and is only experienced in seeing trauma, um, Negativity, mm-hmm. lies, hatred, mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And then we say, get your peace back and be honest. And they're like, I'm being honest with myself. This is my, this is life. 
you have to reprogram yourself. They like don't, it. But they don't know that they need like it's responsibility <clears throat> and accountability. Like we, I, I, we agree. I agree. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. And and, and it's it, I know you're saying to someone who's like they're they're in a they're, they're in a, a frenzy. They're, they're in a tornado. They're gone. They're, they're gone. They they have I, no peace. Because I run into mm-hmm. these people all mm-hmm. the time, and I'm and I'm talking to them, and I'm trying to help and educate and give back. And the for me, trying to break through to get them to see the other side, to get a perspective, is pulling teeth. Yeah, and you and people arrive when they arrive, and I, and I understand. They do, that. or now, they some some of them never arrive. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's. We, we have to be okay with that, like, because mm-hmm. that person made a choice. And I'm not saying leave them behind, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, p- part of building a thicker layer of skin um, is being able to weather the storms and, and actually regrowing it. And a person has to be willing to do the work, man. Mm-hmm. They got to be willing to do the work. So one thing I would say, when you have no peace, you have to stop. Peace be still, right? That's that's what yeah. it's, it's yeah. a lot of ancient words that have been out there, phrases that have been that that, that come from many wise uh, people. Um, when you have no peace, the elders will tell you, do nothing. When you don't know which way to go, do nothing. And I, I know that can be taken literal, but the the concept behind that is learning how to breathe, learning how to sit still. Because if you don't sit still and be with yourself, someone's going to force you. Mm-hmm. You get too crazy out in the street and get erratic. Let's go, guess where you're going to go? In a box. Right. And now you're forced to deal with yourself. Yeah. You're going to be forced to deal with yourself. The universe will force you to deal with yourself if you like it or not. Yeah, so it's better level, that you, you sit still and understand what is happening right now. Like, it's a game going on right now. Like, yeah. and I'm the master of myself, so I need to figure out. I can't let this... I can't get played in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, I, you know, I just think that as you intimated eloquently earlier that, Mm. you know, we all have that genius. We all, we all have it. We have to learn how to activate it. We have to learn how to activate it and we Mm. have to learn how to acknowledge it Mm. and get there. But I, there, there are these, I think core steps, maybe principles that need to take place before we can actually return to ourself um you mentioned one being still being um, still history mm-hmm. mentors having surround yourself with the right people mm-hmm. that can help kind of direct and lead you into get maybe give you tools if you will mm-hmm. tools to cope and they're they're not the end all be all but these are things that will aid in this return in, in, in this genius. Co- correct. Yeah. One thing I like about my mentors, they give me tools to heal. Mm. Cause cope is just layaway. Like you just, okay. you just putting it right there. Coping, <clears throat> coping is alcohol. Coping is weed. Coping is coping is doing, and I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing all these things. I'm saying certain habits that some of us may do. And why we do it like smoking cigarettes, smoking weed. What are you trying to do? You're trying to breathe. Every time you get stressed out, you're going to go light this up because you're trying to replicate a sensation of breathing. That's what you're doing yeah, with the cigarette. Yeah, blowing That's out. What and blowing out. So, and in, in, shout out to uh, Dwayne The Rock. Um, he's an example of a brother that loves hip-hop and hip-hop and what the true essence of what hip-hop is. He's a brother that taught me Tai Chi and Qi Gongs. And this is what happens when some of the elder brothers come down and say, hey, yo, I see you might not have peace in your mind. Here's some tools that I learned when I was like you and I didn't have peace. So, you know, but I had to be ready when the student's ready to master appear. I had to be ready to be able to receive that. Mm-hmm. And he had to see that I was ready to receive that. And so many times our elders and a lot of the elder males, because one thing, an elder male is not going to waste his time with you. If he don't see that you don't receive the information, right. male, woman, it don't matter. Male, female, don't matter. He's not going to waste his time. Right. He's full of knowledge. Most of your elder males walking around, full of knowledge. You have to know how to engage them mm-hmm. and get the knowledge. Right. They're giving it to you for free, but you have to know how to engage them. So, I, I, you know, I appreciate a lot of my elders and the lessons I learned from my ancestors. 
allow me to be able to uh, restore my peace. And it's an ongoing practice. I have to keep doing this. Yeah. What was the driving force that, um, that motivated you to become an entrepreneur? Um, I, I got tired of my creativity being stifled and, um, I got tired of, you know, when you're tired, when you're tired, you do something different. You got to get <laughs> sick and tired of be sick and tired. You're right. Yeah. And I got tired of complaining. Oh, you know, nobody's going to give me a job and no one's hiring me. People don't be hiring black males, like begging someone to give me something. <laughs> right. Cause I think I'm deserving of it. Cause I went to school and I have a degree and got all these skill sets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and when you start to be honest with yourself, like it's a ton of people with skill sets, you mm -hmm. know, and a ton of people, um, you know, you're not standing out or you're trying to constantly look for acceptance in a new business partner or whatever, because you haven't activated your own genius. Yeah. See, once I activated my own genius, then I was able to go out and build unapologetically. And I can go out and build and look any kind of way. Like, for instance, I was about to get ready and shave and do all this other stuff. I said, nope. <laughs> right. I'm not doing it because do I do I really want to do that? Or am right. I doing it because I, I'm worrying about how I'm going to appear right. to people? So... Which is ego-driven, by the which way. Which is ego-driven. And I'm looking for acceptance. Mm-hmm. I accept that I am a scatterbrain. I accept that my thoughts aren't linear. That's a part of my genius. I accept that there's other linear people out there that can help me organize my thoughts. So I should identify with people who who those have those strengths. Right. You know, so be well, that's being what honest, a leader is. That's what a leader being accountable and holding yourself responsible for certain things. Like if you can't be honest with yourself, mm -hmm. how are you gonna be honest with your crew? True. True. Like you building a whole foundation of a company on lies and pumping it full of like it's full of ego. <laughs> <laughs> now in starting business, your <clears throat> business or businesses, <clears throat> you uh as we all, as all of us, mm -hmm. us as entrepreneurs, we have struggles. But you call those struggles beautiful struggles. Yeah. How do you make a struggle beautiful? You make a struggle beautiful because um Every experience is a every experience is a teacher. Mm -hmm. It's a life lesson, and the more life lessons you have, the more knowledge you can obtain. People, focus groups pay folks to do surveys. Yeah, because companies really value data and information. I really, really want people to know that your data is worth a lot. Data is the new goal. Your information is new goal. Like you think you're poor because you've accepted that your information, you're worth, you're worth more, way more but you choose to give it away for entertainment. Yeah. So we make choices. We all have choices. So for instance, my, you know, I, I started playing the Monopoly game without reading the instructions. And you realize when you read the instructions, there's so many rules in the game of Monopoly that you don't know. That's like going into real estate. <laughs> right. And you don't know all the rules of real estate. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. People are going to manipulate you. Yep. Like You're going to get bad deals. And I had to learn that, man. I would get, I'm a super energetic person. I'll get excited. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, oh, let's go. I'm the and, same. And you have to write the idea down materialize it first and actually see, make sure that you reduce liability. Yeah. You reduce doubt. You know, that's mm -hmm. when the logic comes in at it. And you need to make sure it's bulletproof. Yeah. That's you the know, wisdom. That's the, that's the wisdom. I had to go through it first, man. And please don't work from home. Like get out of your house and get some sun and work with other enterprise with other people who yeah. are doing like you and stop being scared to pull your money with other entrepreneurs. Yes. Like, yeah, you have to do that. And please get an accountant. Yeah. And, and, and an attorney. And, and please get an attorney. Please get an attorney, <laughs> accountant, and a business coach. Yeah. You know, um, a financial coach, mm -hmm. you know, who can, you know, who can, who can teach you about whole term insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, his elder sister, uh, older sister, Miss Tracy. Yeah. Teaching me about, you know, how Walt Disney pulled from his long term I mean, his whole term insurance. A lot of us have, to, you know, just term insurance. Life that right. expires and we can't get any, we can't pull any loans or equity out of right. out of that particular term. You know, yes. or just just certain financial wisdom that I learned from my, you know, from my elders. But I had to be willing to receive the information. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that we can teach 
the millennials, like certain millennials can teach the uh, elders about technology and it's certain traditional products that they have and certain traditional knowledge that they have, they can teach us. And one of my goals is to bring that two groups together. If the baby boomers and millennials teamed up together, like that's just, that's just, that's just nuts. That's right. like a super team. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, reason why I'm picking that group, because usually our, our grandmothers are in that group. Yeah, grandfathers are in that group. So it's like we have a different relationship yeah. with that group than we have with Gen X. Yeah. Nothing against Gen X. It's just, Sorry. it's just. Yeah, I'm Gen X. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just how it is, you know. And um, but that's other There's areas where we, that's there. other areas where I, where we do well together as well yes. when it comes to entertainment. Like yeah. we understand it because we're right because we're closer to that right yeah exactly. proximity. So all the, the information you just outlaid, uh, mm. history tech business mm. how is how can that inf information be made digestible mm. especially history yeah people shy away from it a lot how can that be more um i guess entertaining maybe or more uh palatable you, you you said it right like your first your um just the studying intelligence like you said it right you said entertaining so that's that's our focus now. We know that the history needs to be more entertaining so it can be more digestible. Now we study if we look at the statistics like Nielsen reports and things like that, which um there's some there's some free game, like you know, if you're a black business owner or if you just even want to understand, you know, marketing, please make sure you look at the Nielsen report. It gives a lot. Of, it talks about our cons consumer spending. It mm -hmm. talks about our buying power. Um, it talks about how 1.3 trillion is our, you know, our. That's, our, our, that's like our spending. Like, yeah. You know, like we're we're so it's not that we don't have the money. We're misappropriating the money yeah. because we don't it's have. There. It's there. The money's there. You're looking at it. The twenty <laughs> in your pocket every day. You make a choice <laughs> on what you're going to spend it on. Right. So you got to make, you know, we got to make better choices. Mm -hmm. Um, but to make it more digestible, brother, to ask your question is the statistics say that people receive video more than they receive text. People don't want to read. Right. You know, an average journalist are, you know, they even condense the stories to 350 words hmm. and folks still don't want to read 350 words. So, um, however, but they may look, they'll look at a two minute video. So, okay. and that's why you see even the rise of um, a lot of these e-courses. Yeah. Because people are willing to sit there like on Udemy. The average time spent on Udemy on is there. 10 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. That means if you're an instructor, if you make your class anywhere between eight and 10 minutes, you got a good shot of someone sitting through your knowledge. You can make some money. Yeah. Anything out of that, folks are going to lose it, man. They're going to be like, I don't, his class is too long. Her class is too long. It's 20 minutes. I'd rather... I need, I only have eight minutes of time to learn something. Yeah. You know, so, um, making the history more dynamic and making it, you know, if I'm teaching a history class, um, it's, we have the books, but the books are maybe I'm having, it's an exhibit. Mm. So each, so you're not using the books per se to learn from, but you're using them as, as, uh, props. The books are there. No, the books are definitely there because we need to be able to reference. There are a lot of historians who have done the research, so mm -hmm. you don't abandon the. Your book is like medical research in history. So, like there are, there are professors who've done the due diligence and who've fact checked and who've cited and given you tons of references. You know, so we can't abandon that practice. However, we can take the book and we can digitize it to the point to where I can totally see augmented reality and seeing how technology can be integrated to where we have digital exhibits in classrooms, yeah. you know, actually showing the history of, so the student to be kind of, be kind of embracing and become more a part of what's happening. And they become more emotionally intelligent on why they studying the history mm -hmm. because the point of studying the history is so we can do better and not repeat the same mistakes yeah so true yeah a few more questions and mm -hmm. then we can close it out and Shorten you got things to do nah. uh, <laughs> what leader has the most impact in your life or Current has or had just period Malcolm X 
And I feel like Malcolm X changed himself maybe about four times, man. You know, um, from when he was Malcolm Little, the teen and the guy that pimping and doing craziness to becoming Malcolm X to becoming, you know, Malik Shabazz and, and actually understanding that it's deeper than race and that race is been created. Race was created. It's been engineered. And um, he started to understand that when his own spiritual mecca and own, own journey. And I see myself and, you know, and Brother X, I see a lot of brothers see themselves. And I feel like he's been kind of taken out of history intentionally because the average black male sees himself as Malcolm X. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at least coming up in our environments. So um, he's... Uh, I, I love the level of empathy that the brother started to develop on the back end of his life. And it would have been, it would have been, and he always had it. He's always had it. You know, I'm not going to say he didn't have it. You know, it's the way the media betrayed him, betrayed him as a vicious man. When you never, this man got a briefcase full of books, not guns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't kill the messenger. He's just the messenger. Right. You know, so, but I learned, I learned from him and I learned from brother Mal, brother Martin. Brother Mal Martin, last speech, um, you know, and I'm a Pisces, it's dual, dual personalities at times, you know. Um, them two brothers are very significant in my life. And with Brother Martin is important. When I learned in his last speech, doing a sanitation workers, which is right near my folks, you know, in Mississippi, which is like Shelby County area. I mean, um, Memphis, which is Shelby County area. Um, he, he mentioned four brands. He said, we want to eco economically withdraw from Coca-Cola, Hearts Bread, Wonder Bread, and Pet Milk. And these are some of the key products that a lot of black people will consume. And I raise pet milk, obviously, for a lot of mm -hmm. different desserts and things we may make. And bread, we eat white bread with everything at that time. Right. And um, Coca-Cola, of course, the addiction to sugar. Yeah. Um, but I saw that as him putting a mark on himself. And what I learned is many of our people who mention corporations and organizations and you speak about boycotting and taking money out of their pocket. Right. Anytime you speak about taking money out of your oppressor pocket. It's dangerous. That's a dangerous one. So yeah. take the energy away from that and put it on our own people. Yeah. We don't got to talk about them anymore. Right. Just talk about us moving forward. What makes a leader great and, great and iconic? A leader is great when they can acknowledge their own faults. Many leaders, when they can acknowledge their own faults, and you have people working with you and you willing to identify all their faults and there were you know it's one-sided folks feel that there's a tension of resentment or discern that will get to develop because you think your own shit doesn't stink yeah so um when you can't be honest with yourself when people see that you're not willing to be honest with yourself they don't look they don't see it being an equal or fair ground so great leaders are able to say hey i messed up i got that one wrong um and i'm gonna work with some people who are better in that space who can help me not make that same mistake again mm -hmm. so it's acknowledging being honest with yourself that's that's the, that's one of the greatest qualities of being a leader being honest with yourself and then actually applying it what about the iconic piece the iconic piece is don't, and I don't want to say don't, but the iconic piece is to remain a sage and never want to be an icon. Um, I'm not an idolater. And, so not and, wanting to be an icon actually makes you an icon. Absolutely. Let the, let the, the people, the people, when you do the work, the people will remember your story and they'll carry it on forever. Mm -hmm. Yeshua, when he went out looking and working, he was just doing the work. It went about being an icon. The people made him an icon. Black people made him a savior. Yeah. He did. True. You know. Last question. Short thing. I ask everybody, this is called blank canvas question. Mm -hmm. So you have this blank canvas in front of you. You have all these colors that you can use to paint a picture. Mm -hmm. um, you've already, your business is ultra successful. So mm -hmm. you've made all of the money and you've accomplished everything you wanted to do. And you have the ability on this canvas to create, 
design and architect your life what do you paint i paint a city um and i would i would use a pencil because i always i started out with drawing so no colors pencil um not necessarily not no colors but i would use colored chalk and i would use pencils and that's that's me being me right it's the artist in me right the yep. creative in me and i always wanted to be an architect man and i realized i was an architect the entire time Okay. The way, the traditional way I thought of architecting, um, architect solutions. I, w I would like to, I like to see communities run efficiently and people actually play out their true talents. Because when folks do their true talents, folks are at peace and people, and there's more happiness. Mm -hmm. So my canvas would be a city, um, a smart city, an efficient city um, that's full of culture, and. Um, a thriving mechanism for the African diaspora, you know, a place where we can um, trade, a place where we can um, practice our spirituality, a place where we can learn our own history and identify with itself across the world. Like I envision that, that I envision that, that being here in California, I, I, I know it'll happen. Like I'm, I'm not. Um, and the reason why I know it will happen because we were already here. When you look at the Los Angeles city flag, it has to rock the colors with it, or it has our colors that are there. We can't lie about this. Yeah. Like the history is there. We have to just retrace the history, understand that our ancestors were building here and they got disrupted. They got military, we are on military control. We got disrupted. You know, some people call it Babylon mm -hmm. in, in ancient books. But history repeats itself when you don't learn from it. So, um, my, you know, the point is, is creating a creating an epic center where I understand there's a lot of different ethnicities and they all just want to trade, man. Yeah. Everybody wake up to trade. So creating a great place where we can trade in peace without damaging our own culture, mm -hmm. you know, because we want to we want to keep our own culture as well. Yeah. Well, Adriel, I want to salute you Appreciate for you, your work, your your commitment to continuing to unearth yep. the history and yep. to pay it forward to the youth and people in your circle and in your communities. Yep. Um, your vision, your business savvy, entrepreneurship. Uh, the world needs more people like you to lead. And I thank you. I haven't known Appreciate you for very you, long, but... You're, you've inspired me, you've touched me, and I appreciate you coming on to the show and, and just taking time out. I appreciate you having me, man, and um, I appreciate what you're doing. This is a very vital piece um, of, our, of our culture, um, having griots and having messengers out there to be able to disseminate the message, you know, with, with pure intentions. Like, that's very important, and, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big on energy, and, mm -hmm. like, right when I... You know, mentor, you can tell when a person has like good energy and their intentions yeah. are in the right place, man. So I salute you and keep on no circumstances. Do not stop what you're doing. Keep rocking, man. Thank you. I will. I'm gonna keep it going. Yep. So now I want to take a moment to mm -hmm. so you can put your information out there so people can find you, um, do business with you if they need marketing advice mm -hmm. or strategies. Or um, I know you're into tech as mm -hmm. well. So how can people find you? People can find me. They can search my name via LinkedIn. Um, that's a good place to kind of get like a snapshot of, of, of what I do. Um, it's by my first name, A-D-R-E-L-L. -L. I know it looks like a drill, pronounced a drill. That's a whole story behind that. Um, oh, I, but I, I, a, a drill? <laughs> Say it again. A Daryl Bullock. A Daryl? A Daryl. A Daryl. Like one Daryl, right? A Daryl. And, and, and the fun fact is I was named after Tito Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> names names Adriel Toriano Jackson. Adriel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The brother Tito, right? Okay. What are my favorite Jacksons? So right, that's <laughs> messed me up. I'ma just keep Adriel. That's why I go by A B. Um phonetically it makes no sense, man, but the English language doesn't make sense. So I've learned to accept it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um you can find me via LinkedIn, um, A D R E L L, last name Bullock, like Sandra, B U L L O C K. Um I'm also on Instagram on the Lord Shaky. Um, that's for that's more for creatives. That's L O R D L O R D S H A K E Y, and 
you'll see some culture there. Um, I kind of keep it private now because I had some trolls and stuff like that, and I don't want to accept that kind of energy. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, for sure. But you can find me there um, from many other creatives who want to work. You know, my, my Instagram page is a better reference or, or you know, people in social justice and things like that. Um, but if you want to see more of the business side of what I do, you can view my LinkedIn page. All right. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. We out. Okay. So many points to touch on. I don't know where to start. As I think about it, there are two things Adrell shared that really stood out to me. The first is, if you're searching for your peace, you must get honest with self. And secondly, once we understand that struggles create information, the struggle itself becomes beautiful. If you're looking for someone to handle your media and marketing, you can find Adrill on LinkedIn at Adrill Bullock or check out his Instagram at Lord Shaky. That's L-O-R-D-S-H-A-K-E-Y. Lastly, to all the leaders out there, acknowledge your own faults, set good intentions, take charge and lead up.